Uh, anyway, good to see you again. Yeah, welcome back. Um, How you doing? Hey, I'm good. I feel really bad though. Why? Do you see what? <laughs> you see what happened in the Discord? <laughs> no, what happened? So I saw no Either time way. to die. Um, oh yeah. Which yeah, it was good, you know. It was, blah, blah, it was blah. all right. Yeah, Who yeah. cares? It's only James Bond. Um, anyway, I made it. I made a joke about the ending of the film. But I spoiler tagged it because it's it was very much hardcore spoiler, <laughs> and our uh, our stupid, stupid, stupid idiot listeners <laughs> decided oh, they to fucking clicked it. They clicked it. I used to put a message after going, "Hey, that's like a hardcore spoiler. Don't click it." They did it anyway. They were too weak. I said, "I'm looking at the message now. I feel bad, but not that bad." <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Okay, well, we're so, yeah. sorry, fellas. Sorry what about are that, you, folks. But idiot. You did also do it to yourself. <laughs> I do uh, agree, by the way, that um, Radiohead were probably robbed of the best James Bond theme ever made. Um, it is bloody good, isn't it? Um, it is. I've got that was like that is like the most expensive vinyl I have. Is that single? Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah. They, they only printed a few of them, and oh. on the other side, it's got. Um, Moonshape Pool? No, not um, uh, Burn the Witch. Oh, cool. So it's a lovely little piece. But that theme is just the best Bond theme. Yeah, um, it's pretty good. Oh, it's so good. That, I mean, I like, all the, like, I like all the Bond songs, though. Um, they're great. Yeah, yeah. I thought Billie Eilish's specifically for this new one was pretty great. Like, yeah, it's a lot better than um, cool. the last one. I think it fit the um, the vibe of it very well. Have you, seen um, no, have you seen No Time to Die yet? I did. I did go to see it. Okay, cool. Um, I feel it seems that we've once again kind of pulled very similar opinions of the film. I was kind of just like, yeah, yeah, good. it's it, it's good. It's um, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it's it, as I've described it to my colleagues, and <laughs> I find that really funny. That it's almost like an insult. Me saying, oh, it's that <laughs> oh, was fun. Yeah, I mean this this series is like two for two on being generally fantastic and pretty mild so I think it makes sense for the the final one to be just kind of like yeah in between that you know it was fine yeah Um, but yeah it was cool Uh, it yeah I don't know we uh, I don't don't know if we'll be able to do it fully on the podcast so there you go there's our mini (laughs) it's fine yeah it'd be a bit of a late review but if you want to hear it let us know we will do it Maybe we don't um, or something. We can, I don't mean, know. We can talk spoilers. Wait for people to actually see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll do like a Bond marathon or something like that. God help us. That That's the thing. I've always, like I've loved the idea of, <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of doing a Bond marathon, but you've got to sit through a lot of shit just to kind of, so I I just end up watching the same good ones of, again and again. You'd have to sit through a lot of movies. I mean, I would rewatch this, the Craig ones. I mean, the Craig ones are yeah. the ones that I like. To be honest, mm, same. Skyfall was like a crowning, crowning achievement, as sure. well as Casino Royale. In my opinion, I think that was kind of like yeah, Casino great, Royale is fantastic. It's like, it's like the great beginning film for like a new Bond, yeah. Um, and kind of came out at a time where it was more, more appropriate, perhaps, in this climate to make a Bond film. Not that that makes it good, but it makes it more classic. <laughs> um, but Skyfall was like the best in between. 
Yeah. I mean, James Bond's a messy character. <laughs> that is very true. It's to adapt. Um, it doesn't look like um, they're changing him, like the kind of essence of it anytime soon either. Because this film was like, um, you know, it was, it was a lot different from its predecessors in that regard. But, you know, they've kind of come out and they're like, uh, is, isn't it a brother and a sister who, who run the rights for it? Yeah, the, uh, the Brooklyn the Broccoli estate owns it. Barbara Broccoli's yeah. like the head producer on these. Yeah. Um, but she was just like, yeah, there's absolutely no way there's going to be a female Bond because it doesn't need to be. And I, I just remember reading it in like the, um, some articles on Twitter and they were like, based, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there should be a female equivalent, not just recasting. Yeah. You know. I felt that the... Um, the uh, I can't remember her name, but the new 007. She was she was very good in this. Um, yes. Yeah, she's cool. Um, it's fun. It's the most like. It's definitely like the most cheesy kind of James Bond. Oh movie. yeah. Because I just full on Big like. Time. All right, yeah. Gun with cars. <laughs> car with gun in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going it, there. It was so like self-aware in that regard. The villain has like, like a proper like Doctor Evil base. <laughs> it's like okay. yeah, he just he's in a robe all the time. Yeah, I guess we've um, earned. And we've has earned like this. yeah, he has like like magic like compartments in the uh, in his base that just kind of like flick around and yeah, fall secret, through the floor and such. Secret traps and such. Brilliant. Why the fuck not? Why not? And I com- I completely forgot that um, Danny Boyle was originally supposed to do it as well. Yeah, he was originally going to do it. I wonder what his would have been like. Probably not the same ending. So we've politely spoiled for everyone. By oh. accident. Oops. Oops. <laughs> anyway. It's not a show. Uh, it's not speech time. Spooky, welcome. Hang on. <gasps> welcome to the spooky season. <laughs> this is it. We're in, it's October. We're covering anything and everything Halloween adjacent. Um, the whole month. The whole month, that's right. Uh, James Bond, it's not quite Halloween enough. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so we're going to be doing some spooky features. Uh, your, it's your turn. You've chosen a very good film in general. Both oh, great starting off with movie. a corker, boys. Starting off with an absolute cracker. <laughs> yeah, nice. I like that. <laughs> an absolute cracker of a film we're starting off with. Tell us. About and I explained it. to Alex. Uh, yeah, I explained to Alex that this is arguably one of my favourite horror films ever. Um, and it came out in 1982, directed by the legendary John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's about, well, it's called The Thing, for starters. All right, so calm yourselves if you found that out. But it was um, based off of a uh, of a book called, oh no, um, I'll find the trivia for you. That's so bad of me for not, like, write it down beforehand. It was based off a book that then became a, a film in the right. 50s. And this is a reinterpretation that's more kind of faithful what, to the, the original source material. The Thing from Outer Space or whatever it's called. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. it was the film. But the actual book was called, um, it was like... Pride and Prejudice. Oh. 
<laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, they changed that quite a bit. Yeah, no, no, no. no I, I kind of I, I remember it, that, that being somewhat similar, Alex. Oh, okay, maybe it's been a while. It has some ties, but we'll get into that. Um, okay. Who goes there? Was the book? Who goes there? That's um, quite a good title. Who goes there? I like that. Who um, goes there? I do as well. Um, and it was a short story about the same, basically the same plot. Um, I believe it came out in the 30s. Okay. Um, but it's about a research team in Antarctica. Um, and they kind of get spooked by an incoming doggo from out of nowhere. It's getting like shot at. Um, he was getting shot at by a helicopter. So they're like, whoa, mate, what's going on here? What are you doing that for? Stop shooting the dog. The poor you know, pupper. Poor pupper. So they take the pupper in. And um, they find out sooner or later that they're being hunted by something. The, to which it's a shape-shifting alien that kind of um, assimilates uh, whatever it attacks, whether mm. that's like the appearance of like a human or an animal or any living creature. Um, if it kills it, it's able to kind of re-transform itself into it. Yeah. And um, you would obviously think that that was like kind of the main horror element about this, but it, there's a lot more to this film that makes it one of my favourite horror films ever which we'll get into. But um, Alex, tell us your first hot takes about The Thing. The Thing. I mean, it's hard to have a hot take about The Thing. It is. It's, it's just a perfect movie, really. But um, <laughs> yeah, I've always, it's always been a favourite. And uh, But you're right, there, are, there is more to it. <clears throat> Maybe not in like a deeper, in that deeper, profound way, but uh, no. the tension of it, there's a lot of like there's a lot of tension in, in that. And I know that like a lot of other stories have taken the thing and used it's kind of, essentially it's kind of like a whodunit, you know, it's kind of that kind of narrative structure. <laughs> yeah. um, and it just really works well. It, it, there is genuine suspense and, and obviously like the creature effects are just chef kiss. Amazing. It's to this mm. day, still look fantastic um, and creepy and horrifying and, but also kind of cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it, it's, it's, and it's just tight. It's a nice tight one. You know, there's a, it, it's not necessarily asking much of you. It's like, hey, there's an oogly boogly. Um, <laughs> where is it? <laughs> That's yeah. <the> film. <laughs> That's the best explanation I've ever heard for this film. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. And that's basically it. It is quite simple in that regard. It is like a whodunit. Yeah. Um, and it takes you along for a journey that's, um, you know, f f in technical terms is very good for specific reasons, but also practically in the way in which it's acted. And we're always talking about like the man the marriage of elements is what kind of like makes a really good film solid. Um, and, you know, uh, one of the things I kind of picked up on was that uh, horror films are kind of like notoriously known for you just kind of shouting at the TV screen because um, yeah. someone's kind of like moved into a, a house, a sure. really cheap mansion. They're like, wow, this is too good to be true. Yeah. And um, <laughs> like, you know, and then they're surprised when everything goes downhill. But you're kind of following all these people who start making very good points towards each other that you then 
start to really consider as like, do you know, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. And it mixes the kind of the, the, the tension within it where you start, you don't really know what to believe because everyone's kind of logical and where in reality, the actual, the monster in this thing is, is completely illogical to both the viewer and them. No one knows like the overarching thing. They have to kind of like figure this thing out as they go along. They don't really know what they're fighting. Um, and start going crazy for, for different reasons. And then yeah. I guess you could say the, the deeper meaning behind it is that the real villain is um is, is actually themselves and uh and, and the trust they have for each other and and all that kind of stuff. It's a genuine um, like um it generally does keep you on your toes, like again, it's mm. its simplicity is so effective because you are just constant there is just constant tension and the characters are constantly <laughs> butting heads and just trying to figure out what to do and um and it even ends kind of on an open note you know it ends with kind of are you a thing oh, i think you're a thing well <laughs> let's find out find out in the next episode yeah it's <laughs> um, probably my favorite part of this film yeah and the, the characters ending. are really strong in this too i, I think john Carpenter yeah. does like strong characters well in in the sense that like they're just very like in his tone of voice but um you know they're they're just defined in that in that way. You know, like they're not complex characters, but they are just you know they are just who they are. Um, and some of them will act really over the top or whatever, and or you have really passive characters, and it's a nice blend of um, of characters kind of butting up against each other and adding to the tension. What do you got in mind, McCready? A little test. Windows. You and Palmer, cut everybody down real tight. What for? For your health. Come on, let's rush him. He's not going to blow us all up. No, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's let's do what Max says. I mean, uh, he wasted Norris pretty quick, didn't he? That's close enough, Clark. He ain't tying me up. Then I'll have to kill you, child. Then kill me. Hmm. Yeah, and, and a lot of things with the John Carpenter stuff as well is that um, a lot of people say a lot of his shots aren't wasted. You know, he's he's an expert in delivering information in in the sense of what's actually happening in context and what's happening within the scene and how that's delivered with the actors. But it seems that there's been so much attention paid into uh, what you see, but also what you don't. Um and it's left like this kind of cult feeling with this film where for years people have discussed like their theories to uh, to uh, what actually happened because you get given a lot of information and, and at the same time deliberately not given all of it, um, which was very mindful for that period of time of filmmaking. You know, it's, um, it's not something that you kind of often see to this extent, um, especially in like a whodunit thing where... Kind of the essence of it is that in the end you find everything out um, and you're just left on a lot of kind of not cliffhangers but kind of like uh, unsolved answers as you make your way through this film and you end up kind of forgetting them as they go along as well because there's so much that happens in short periods of time um, but yeah it's um, it, it, tension's like a huge one in this um, I've seen some people bring up like the editing as well um, which is like a a thing that's never really kind of widely discussed, but plays a long time, like a lot into 
I think what makes this work very well is that how how long you stay on certain shots for and mm. how they've made conversations between the guys feel very real in that sense. Um, because not a lot of this is like fantastically like shot. Like they, they don't kind of aim to make something look really dynamic or or anything like that. It's um it, it's just very considerate in in what you see and for how long you kind of see it um plastered in with all the fucking beautiful visual effects the uh, practical effects even um yeah which i think is is probably what's most known for right yeah i mean it's um this film is one of those ones where you a lot of people a lot of people who are hardcore into the practicals better camp will point to um Mm. the artistry and the puppetry and the way they construct the the, the kind of gory body morphing aspects <clears throat> you know it, this is not CG this is in camera <laughs> it's fucking um, mental you know you just feel the texture of it all and yeah it might look a little plasticky it might look a little goofy sometimes but um, mm. it gets a it gets a different kind of reaction out of you as an audience member um, movie monsters are always kind of fascinating and just like um in, in that narrative sense, but uh, you, you know, with the thing, it's it, it's really a case of uh, the way they can have presence on screen. Um, mm. And you know, sometimes when it's a big kind of CG oogly boogly, maybe when you know you, you're not seeing it, you're you're tense and you're scared because you're like, where is it? But when you do finally see it in its full glory, you're more just kind of like, oh, I, I just want to look at it. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I think which is really weird for like a horror film, isn't it? Yeah, you usually want to kind of peer your eyes away, but you can't really help. Yeah, not doing that. But with the thing, obviously, like a lot of it is it hiding and not being, you know, not knowing where it is at certain points. But when it is there, it's it's there and it's it's gross, fucking horrific. See all these kind of (laughs) tendrils and tentacles and you know gore and blood and all this stuff like it's there for you to just soak in and kind of be like oh mm. god <laughs> <You know? laughs> um yeah i do really like i i love i love the creature effects in this that they really they're fan they're just fantastic cool. designs in general i mean like the the thing with the little head crab thing where he's crawling around and <laughs> it's just so imaginative that happen? i know yeah but really have a sense of you know what the fuck is this thing <laughs> there's no answers really it's just what is it it's just this oogly boogly <laughs> yeah I, I love how like obviously probably going to the makeup department for this saying we've got to make some sort of creature and then and then go what does it look like and it's like the only kind of blueprint you're given is that well it's based off something that it's like assimilate so it's got to look somewhat human it's got to have human features but anything else is just like yeah do whatever you want um, which made for really interesting scenes, especially like where um, I think one of the most famous scenes in this is the the scene in which they test their blood, True. where um, it's the kind of like the the deepest part of the film in which they're so torn apart by um, their own paranoia from each other, and mm-hmm. it gets extremely tense. Where you know they're threatening to to either kill each other or um or just don't believe what everyone's saying. Um, and they test everyone's blood to see if it reacts to heat. Um, Cause they believe that, that, you know, like the thing's blood or, uh, or anything like that is, uh, is kind of alive. 
Um, and as soon as they find out who it is, um, the the body of the the guy it was starts like jittering all over the place, and then just starts like kind of like pulsating out, and then his face starts bulging, and it's it, things rip out of him, and it's just like there's I think. Is probably this is probably like the the central reason to why I find zombie films very creepy, because it's the it's the whole like you are not in control of whatever's happening right now, like some sort of germy virus taking over you, and there's nothing sure. you can do about it. Yeah, I never and, really considered this as a being kind of companion piece to the zombie genre, but I guess it kind of is in a way. It, it's the, it is more of like the the infectious thing where, sure. especially with this film, it, it planted the seed of you simply don't know. Because they, you know, the, mm-hmm. the person it's assumed that the person who even is the the thing has some level of consciousness, and the yeah. idea that you could be the thing without knowing, and then, you know, for me that's just, ugh. and it's the uncanny valley thing as well. I think we spoke about this in the past, where the reason why it kind of works so well that they're not that the like the, the visual effects and the practical effects aren't. Um, as realistic as as possible or as sharp or as clean um it really adds a depth to that where you believe it it's even happening there like it looks weird it looks kind of plasticky in that but yeah you kind of assume and relate that to a, some sort of physical thing so it feels like it's like yeah it, maybe it is actually plasticky in real life when they you know transform and all this stuff like you don't know it's sure. like and it feels extra, like it's a physical like- thing tangential details on it that it's kind of it's kind of dripping and it's got mm. like little goo coming it's out it's all wet and, and it's all wet and, like, and hairy and oh. <laughs> it is like the yeah the uncanny valley thing of like it that is not human but it's it's sure. also human um yeah. With and the... not knowing sorry go it's alright go back what are you gonna say? Well, yeah, with not knowing, the thing about like not knowing until you until you know, kind of thing, um, and it being like in your yeah. blood and stuff. That's kind of like that's happening into the. Ugh. It comes up a lot, and you, you could argue it's somewhat um, maybe a bit problemat- problematic, but they kind of because mm-hmm. like, this is in the eighties, so we're like in the heat of the AIDS epidemic, and uh, I think that was definitely a an oh, influence. Fuck, yeah. On it, you know, the idea that like it's in your blood and the testing of the blood thing, I think, calls calls to that idea a lot about like a infection that you just you don't know. There's no obvious sign until it's too late, kind mm. of thing. Um, well, there's been there's been quite a few discussions around that about like what the thing actually represents. Sure. Um, and I've never heard that take before, but that kind of like. Yeah, they've I mean, never stated, I don't think. It seems particularly relevant now. I mean, in a, yeah. obviously now we're kind of re-emerging, but yeah, you know, this is kind of a lockdown movie <laughs> where they're all trapped inside and <laughs> there's someone who's infected. Mm. Um, and that's kind of like a, a big reason to why it, the kind of ending of this film works. Um, sure, yeah. Because they kind of come to this conclusion that because they are isolated, you know, you could ask the question like, couldn't this just be set anywhere but you know the fact that it's only affecting them they don't really know how far this goes there's that threat that this could be the end of everything um, and that kind of greater play 
dawns on them quite late on in the film like sure we're not going to make out of this but that thing isn't going to either um and so it becomes like a you know the the discovery of their own kind of journey throughout this as they go along and you witnessing that develops the plot very um very well uh and it just creates a very natural piece in what seems very kind of unnatural and quite um how to put it kind of like very fantasy filled it's, it's surprisingly grounded in in its uh in, in the way that they're they kind of react to everything and um also you spoke about the practical elements as well but it's just yeah it's um there's so much to like that's yeah. the problem and it is it has got that grounded edge but it is also like it's an action film too like it's Kurt Russell <laughs> with a flamethrower <laughs> like <laughs> you know it's got that vibe to it too um and it's what's mm. cool about Carpenter he always has this kind of like you know even though he's making like horror ass horror movies they're always kind of cool they're always kind of and fun and you know <clears throat> engaging on that level um there's scope and uh you know the final kind of confrontation with the thing is like a big set piece um it's very ambitious for, for something that is simple and kind of small mm. and contained it does go places you know mm. yeah definitely um i was gonna say as well um just as a kind of like a weird kind of uh bit of trivia um um I think it, I think I'm pronouncing it right, but um, Rob um, Bottin, uh, he was the gentleman who was actually behind like the visual effects and stuff, like the special effects and makeup. Yeah. Um, he was 22 when he started this, <laughs> uh, so he's our age Crazy. when he started this. So um, yeah, he, yeah, what a fucking achievement because yeah, it well. was kind of slated as oh, stated as um, a kind of a breakthrough. Um, in in that regard, um, and no, like without a doubt, inspired you know a whole future of um, of of makeup artists and, and practical effects makers and all sorts, uh, which is just so much more. I feel like the physicality of these things is um, you know it's it's romanticized, but for good reason, because um, you know in the right circumstances it adds quite a lot into the mix. Um, well, you know the whole about alien the, um, argument, doesn't it? Yeah, and you know about like the the prequel they made in like 2011, I think. Which originally I thought was a um, a remake. Yeah, I had I no idea until I watched it. It was actually a um, well, even until like yeah. I, it took me quite a while to even clock on to it in the first place. Yeah, but um, like with that, from they, what I remember, they did a lot of it practically in spirit of the original. And then for what you know, for whatever reason, the studio was like, "No, we're going to CG over it all." Um, and you know, it's uh, um, GG. We, you know, I'm conflicted about the CG argument because, you know, we we talked about this with Shang Chi. Like, you know, I I ragged on it a bit for being too CG reliant, and you know, and I, I'm you know, and I, it's not a there's very talented artists out there and it takes a lot of work to bring these things to life whether it's absolutely through practical visual effects or with the computer um 
but you watch something like the thing you do go it's it's different you know it's got a different feel to it and there's different um situations where one's more appropriate than the other but when i hear about like yeah. they did a whole film with very heavily practical effects and then the studio decides seemingly for no reason to paste over it um what a shame <laughs> you know what a shame especially to i think it would have been a lot what better received as well given the fact that it ended up being a prequel and it ended so kind of interestingly potentially um, i don't know um but yeah but who knows i mean this um this this didn't do well when it came out initially no got slated didn't it it got slated i think people said it was like too similar to blade runner and no blade runner alien and like i was just well, surprisingly blade runner came out the same day yeah same day weirdly yeah fuck it out um and it's weird to think about these these like really iconic films, you know. People they come out and people go, eh. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit yeah, shit. It's mad, isn't it? I think obviously the hor- like the kind of like horror element as well. I mean, it's very strong in in blood and gore, which is perhaps not as palatable back then as it is now. Yeah, but it I was also was like another... an X-rated movie. No, but I um, think that was like another factor at the time that it was a bit too too much, a bit too icky for people. Right. I see. Whereas now we're used to just seeing like people, you know, getting blown up and shot <laughs> dismembered in the face, left, right, and centre. Yeah, don't even blink. Yeah. <laughs> but back then, well, it definitely yeah inspired a lot of um, a lot of people to kind of in the film industry consider that practical effects in in this kind of, especially in the horror world. Um, I think it kind of built that consideration of like of choice. You know, if, when does visual effects work and when does practical effects work mm-hmm. um, I think the the whole Marvel argument is that one thing I admire with Marvel is that they seem to always do choreography really well that seems to be one practical element that they always seem to be like solid sure. on that they have to achieve which is fantastic yeah of course they do. I do I wish that they did more practical stuff but it works for them I guess that they do these fantastical things that aren't as grounded in CG yeah, it's that, but again it's that like thing we're saying about it's flav- their trademark flavor they're like the best at it yeah like, and what I was saying about flavour and you know tone and stuff like mm. that's just kind of their tone is more fantasy um, stuff so like it would be weird if they did a really low key Marvel film really um, I take it that's what the series and that were for anyway like originally with uh, with all the Remember the bloody Netflix ones with like Jessica Jones and um, right, yeah, yeah, Daredevil. I think that that was basically that them saying, you know, we could do the more edgy stuff in here. <laughs> yeah, keep everyone happy. Anyway, but anyway, not Marvel. Marvel. Stop talking about fucking Marvel. Um, God damn it! I don't have much else to say about the thing. Really, it's just um, it's bloody bloody good. Brand- fantastic. Bloody good, perfect movie. Um, mm. I'm gonna give it a five star. Easily. Um, Easy five star. I think this is our first. Is it our first double five star? Maybe. I don't remember. Be quiet. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh no! I thought you were talking about the next film. Are you joking? Oh well, we'll see. <laughs> Here we go. Um, yeah, definitely five star. Yeah, it's. Um, it's yeah. Uh, I have a very like small list of like favorite horror films mm-hmm. ever that I would give like a solid five stars, and this is one of them. Absolutely. Um, I think my favourite bit of like favourite goof about this is that there's like um, uh, you know the British um, teams up in Antarctica 
yeah the research stations they have this um they have a uh, specific um celebrations in which they watch the thing together over like a meal oh, really? um, which I thought was really funny That's yeah great. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's at Christmas or like on the anniversary of the film or something like that they, they always watch it it's like a, tradi- a tradition That's cool. <laughs> in the um, Antarctic research station they watch it I think so, yeah like oh this movie <laughs> good thing this would never happen in real life and then like one guy on the table just kind of like Dun. looks over dog yeah. just starts running out of nowhere <laughs> Uh, Poor dog. Awesome. Okay, well. Any any other yeah. thoughts? Any other Um Well I wish I had a beard as good as um True Kurt Russell to in this. Uh, it's like a, cra- a crowning achievement. Up. He's got I a fantastic beard. And he can still do it. He has. He can still do the beard. I know. He's a he, he has some sort of, he's using some sort of like um I don't know, special special cream or something like that yeah he special must technique be, he must just be dunking his head in a vat of testosterone <laughs> lard yeah <laughs> it's my secret but yeah go and watch the thing go because there's the a lot thing. that we haven't tapped into here specifically due to the fact that even though we usually talk spoilers just go bloody see it if you haven't seen it you, it's the perfect time to go yeah. and treat yourself it's just, a, it's just a perfect, it's one of those ones where it's, um, every element of it just works in this mm. symbiotic relationship where it's just thematically, tonally, narratively all on the same wavelength. And it's a very rare example of a horror movie that is, that is, you know, on all gears, uh, you know, perfectly. Like it's, it's well oiled and constructed and just, yeah, perfect, generally perfect. Um, I love that. That's nice. That's nice, Alex. Thanks, man. That's all right. Speaking of He's a clever movies. boy, isn't he? <laughs> oh, God. Please don't. My film. <laughs> Hold Go on. on then. Hold on, Spider Monkey. See, that's a, little, that's a line from the film. Um, yeah. So I made you watch Twilight from 2008 yeah. by Catherine Hardwick. Yeah. Um, Twilight is one of the films that I've had on the list since we started the podcast because I knew it would come up eventually. Yep. Um, now, we we grew up when the books were out and these films were coming out. I mean, 2008, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's we, correct. We were primed yeah, for yeah. it. Um, and I remember the discourse... Makes me sad. <laughs> the discourse on the playground being like, ew, you like Twilight, you're gay you know <laughs> uh, go, you girls <laughs> like this icky uh, ew uh, it's fine um, and then there was also the um, the kind of the fashion shift where everyone became like um, everyone became a vampire and all yeah werewolf. sure I mean if you were if you were a goth teenager this would have been or an emo or whatever this you had to fit into everything. one of those categories yes yeah yeah what, what team were you, Alex? Were you a werewolf or a vampire? Um, Which life would you prefer? Well, my team, Edward or Jacob. I would probably be, I think I'm more team Edward. <laughs> um, I see. I'm more team Jacob. Well, I think I'd, I'd prefer to be a fucking a okay, wolf well, in the pack, I think. Well, I like, the, opposed to a, I like the mysterious glowy boy. Um. <laughs> right. As, well, as opposed to me, the, the hairy hunk. 
Um, I mean, yes. all he is is a big dog. We'll get into it. <laughs> I can't believe we're about to have an argument over... <laughs> I just find him more sexy. Um, anyway, so Twilight. Um, yeah, so it's kind of been. Dis- uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a bit of a, d- a defender of Twilight, so it's why I wanted to talk about it. Like, I think. Oh, good lord! Look, it's not airtight. It's not an airtight film. The series is weird. There's a lot of weird choices they make. The books are weird. Everything about it is weird. It's weird, pulpy weirdness. But you know. I like pulpy weirdness sometimes. We like Marvel movies, for example. Mm. They are pulpy weirdness. Um, uh-huh. and, I th- and I think some of that discourse, again, obviously, but, but like that that kind of like, ew, gross, this is, ew, weird. Um, I think that some of that bled over into like, you know, people who aren't children <laughs> and their perception of the film um, and the yeah. series in general. And I think it needs a bit of a cultural... Uh, you know, I think yeah, I think it needs more of a um, reevaluation because I think there are interesting things about it um, in terms of its relation to the horror genre. Um, this is a romance film where the love interests are, well, at least in this first one, the love interest is you know he's a he's a oogly boogly, um, and I think that's inspired. Oogly, he, but he's not an oogly boogly in the sense that he's a he's a thing, is he? He's just well, no, a. Yeah. He's not an oogly boogly. He's a. He's just a, a. He's a very naughty boy. Well, he's a very <laughs> handsome, pretty, glowy, speedy boy. But he's Correct. he is a vampire. He's a vampire, and there are vamp- there's uh. vampire shit going on in this. Um, but it's all through the lens of teen drama. And I don't know. I think there's actually something the kind mix. of kind of cool about that. Um, what is your relationship with Twilight? Tell me. <laughs> Well, it's brave of you to assume that I have one in the first place <laughs> with Twilight. <laughs> but um, I feel like it's like an unavoidable piece. Uh, you know, I feel like everyone has come uh, across it at some point. That my the only memory I have of Twilight, I think I watched it with my mum on Christmas Eve because no. <laughs> there's nothing on the telly. Yeah, and as um, you do, and I fell asleep uh, about ten minutes in, and I woke up as the film ended. And that's that was that was enough for me. Right. Um, I was very I was very aware of the fact that it was a very lovey dovey movie, and sure. I specifically remember when the last two came out. God, what were they called? Um, Breaking Bad or something like that. Breaking Dawn. Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. Twilight. Breaking Bad. And Jesse. they came out, and that was like a fucking phenomenon, wasn't it? Like everyone went nuts over it, despite the fact sure. that they always looked terrible. They always looked really bad in the trailer. It was all very cheesy, and mm-hmm. and it didn't for, for me. I wasn't sure what the appeal was. Well, it other is a than cult, it, is, it was a cultural phenomenon, you know. But I think we weren't the target audience. No, Alex. obviously we weren't. <laughs> no, um, especially at the time as well. I mean, it was yeah. like um, it, it felt like a kind of um, a teenage girl's kind of uh, dream. <laughs> That's what they kind yeah. of. That's what they aimed it towards. Was oh, abso- this absolutely hunky boy? Yeah, who's got? Who's a bit quirky, but a bit too quirky. Sure, um, he's a little bit too quirky. Yeah, he's a bit too yeah, different. I, I, I would say that being a vampire is a bit too quirky. It's a bit of a red flag. Yeah, 
There's, um, a, there's, there's one thing with being an insomniac and staying up all the time. And there's other symptoms of that, of like being very pale and not going outside. But that doesn't mean you're a vampire. Yeah. That just means you're a bit too quirky. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, you know, it, it's absolutely bait for 15-year-old girls. Um, yeah. And, and, in its, and in its kind of, in the, in the uh, criticism of it that I do find interesting is the critique of the relationship stuff. It's always a minefield when, we, when, any, when you ever try and discuss, you know, these things um because people are strange and weird and everyone's different and you know it's what it is um but a lot of people kind of point to like you know it's they they have a very, the these these films we'll try and focus on the first one so i think of examples in this first one there's a lot of just negative uh behavior and toxic behavior and bad stuff bad juju that um you know it's uh it's hard it's hard to have this discussion because then you go into like well does that mean media can, you know, influence people's behaviour and that's a whole kind of worms. Um, but, you know, there, there's stuff in this that is weird for young audiences in particular to soak in. Um, him just sure. being in her bedroom and watching her sleep, you know, <laughs> is like, okay, yeah. I don't know about that. Um, how every boy in the town wants to just hit on her and have her attention for you know, whatever reason, whether it's negative or, you know, they're just It's never really explained, charming. really, that everyone just seems to be just not very, very nice. Yeah, everyone's um, just like either too, either she gets harassed or her male friends uh, have crushes on her or it's Edward who literally wants to eat her. Um, <laughs> or like, her, or um, what's the other guy? Not uh, the best welcome, is it? Jacob, mm. be, you know, clearly being weirdly... Uh, obsessed with her and being that like weird friend you know the weird friend he's like oh yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> hey how are you yeah <laughs> and, that's, and that stuff is weird it's like, that is weird stuff that's been uh, baked into this and that, that carries throughout the whole series of like the whole you know oh isn't it great how these two guys want me and they fight over me and oh who am I going to choose haha <laughs> like it's very weird oh. in that regard The relationship dynamics within, you know, it's not thoughtful in that manner. Um, But it's Twilight, you know, it is pulp. Um, And I I think that's why I kind of give it a bit of a pass because, you know, it it, it is pulp. It's it's kind of like Mm -hmm. Gothic Horror. There's a Gothic Horror is no Gothic Horror, Gothic Romance, like Romance and Horror um, is as old as time. You know, especially with the vampire genre as well, like z- 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 lust and uh, sensuality, and um, I don't know what else to call it, horniness. Be just being horny is just a, is just part of the vampire <laughs> brand. Um, it always has been, always will be. You know, and that's what we're seeing in it. In this, it's a translation of that for teenagers. Whenever they look at each other, they look like they are going to rip each other's clothes off. She, <laughs> you know, she she stares at him in class and looks like oh. she's enjoying it a bit too much. <laughs> I was, I mean, go on, keep going. Um, I thought you'd lose your train of thought. I just find that an interesting conceptual idea, though. Like. Because because uh, we we spoke about this when we sp- we talked about submarine. I kind of I'm I'm kind of a fan of coming of age teen romance stuff. I I do like it. 
Um, this one's not as thoughtful and it's not as uh, heartfelt, I don't think. Um, but going, hey, what if it was, you know, vampires and werewolves? I don't know. I kind of like those wild ideas sometimes. I think there's something kind of fun about that. And it works well with the vampire motif of it being about, like, I just can't resist you. Oh, God, I just, oh, oh you drive me crazy. I'm going to eat you. <laughs> I can't resist myself. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a bit weird and icky. Um, but it's, it's you know, it, like I said, it's pulp. I don't think you're meant to really take it too take seriously. Take it that seriously. Yeah. Exactly. No, and I think I—that's I, I, the thing I took out most of it. I mean, the first note I wrote on here was, um, and let me bring it up. Um, it's painfully dull, right? <laughs> um, in terms of its dialogue, um, there were some absolutely fantastic scenes that I felt. Which uh, one of them was the run-in scene? Oh yes. Um, I felt that that was just brilliant. I loved it. You there was nothing I didn't like about it. Generally? Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was absolutely hilarious. Okay. It was it was just the best experience to watch it. It was like, that's hilarious. Like, there's no reason for that to be there. Um, well, well, my my other kind fantastic. of conflict conflict is like, yeah, it has that kind of goofy shit where like he's doing this like it looks like um like a TV budget thing where they do like super speed, you know, where he just goes like zoom. Um, yeah. They have it with the baseball scene as well. Like oh, we'll it seems the, that yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll get to the baseball scene. Um, but then also in that uh, in that sequence, there's this really like there's a shot where they're like laying in a field and there's like the grass is all winding and there's all these flowers around them and I was like that's kind of a very artful looking scene you know like or shot or whatever like I kind of like that and he's very shiny isn't he he's um and he's, he's made of diamonds yeah he's, yeah there's something and like you look it's not I don't think it's aged very well but the aesthetic of this is very particular. Um, it's very <laughs> blue, very green. <laughs> I can't. It's very like teal, you know. Um, yeah, it's just like, always cloudy, uh, which makes sense for like narrative reasons. But it it, it is a strong look. Um, sometimes there's camera choices where I'm like, interesting. You know, that's an interesting kind of way to shoot it when he's kind of revealing his identity and the camera's kind of like spiraling and going crazy around him. I'm like okay, mm. this is interesting. This is this kind of leans more into the kind of schlocky kind of, but like over dramatic, like melodramatic element of it. Um, but then it's also just very boring as well. <laughs> it's a lot of like in them in the school, like you know, doing shit. That's like oh fuck me, you know. And can we can we talk for a second about the the like the the bite in of the lip? Yeah, yeah, and did you pick up on that? Yeah, the, and yeah, that's what I meant before. Like when they just look at each other and they're just always like, "Oh my god!" Like, oh, she's to eat my face. Yeah, oh. she just looks like I don't know what direction she, that you know. They're, they're just like, I don't can you know look? What, can you look like like you want to fuck, but you're also constipated? Like <laughs> you've just stubbed your little toe on the corner of a coffee table. Yeah, at a certain bits, so you get that like sharp pain. I'm like, oh, <laughs> ow. <laughs> we won't make any more noises than that yeah it's bad um, and even his reaction when, great. She, when she like comes into the room and you can smell her and he's just like oh my god she stinks <laughs> <laughs> it's very bizarre oh I hate that but that's I literally that. what it is she, she smells <laughs> she even does like a little um, whiff the, of her hair he's, he's, he is just like oh 
Like, he walks into the house and the whole family are like, ooh, he does smell. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You're impossibly fast and strong. Your skin is pale white and ice cold. Your eyes change color. And sometimes you speak like, like you're from a different time. You never eat or drink anything. You don't go out in the sunlight. How old are you? Seventeen. How long have you been seventeen? A while. <laughs> I know what you are. See it. Out loud. Say it. Vampire. Are you afraid? No. Uh, not good, mate. Not, not good. good. Um, yeah, there's just loads of weird decisions. And look, it, like, with this film in particular, it's not it's not an airtight film <laughs> for by any means. There's plenty of um, that's fair. Yeah, you know, poor choices in terms of its direction and writing. Um, there's a great bit where, like, you know, the, she gets cornered by some thugs, and Edward comes save to save her, but. We've already met the fugs before. Um, but in case we weren't paying attention, one of them goes, saw you at the dress shop. It's like, okay. <laughs> Thanks yeah, we know. For, yeah that, that happened a minute ago. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, there's a lot of that in this film, to be fair, though. There's a lot of less reminding you of, like, you know, or, like, just weird, like, I like you over-explaining stuff when she goes on google that's that's probably my favorite part of the whole film when she goes on google she's like oh yeah strength speed garlic (gasps) it's like when you it's like when you have like a cough or you like feel a bit sick or your 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 eyes hurt yeah and you google it and you're like oh no i'm dying tomorrow (laughs) that's essentially like a a visual version of that it's just like (gasps) believe it oh a vampire Oh, like, what the fuck? There's a lot of, like, stuff that just doesn't feel realistic in this. Like, it's just, well, like, no, there's yeah. no sc- there's no school that's like that. There's no situation in that people would act like that, especially in her sense. Like, her behaviour is so, like, over-exaggerated. It's just, like, you look at her and go, are you all right? Yeah. And, like, I think she's the most a- um, puzzling character for me. I, I do not understand yeah. her. Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched many of the others, so I wouldn't be able to tell you if it was just her or, like, the way she was directing that specific one. You know, does she get better as it goes on? I know, um, obviously, um, what's his name? Patrick, um, oh, I've forgotten his name. Um, Patrick. Robert Patterson. Robert Patterson. Or Patrick. <laughs> Robert Patterson. I knew he hated these films, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not surprised 
um, they must have paid him some big money to uh, to star in these. Um, well, this was both, wasn't this both the kind of breakout, breakout roles? Yeah, it was. There's also quite a few other people in here that I noticed. There was the the lady from um, uh, from Pitch Perfect who was in it. Um, what? Um, she was like Anna Kendrick. Yeah, she was yeah. like the. Uh, She's like I don't the French. Yeah. The friend, I feel. Well, none of them were really friends. Like, all the friends were, like, really weirdly put into it as well, because none of them get any kind of... They're all just, like, really common, like, kind of, like, stereotypes. As, they either... Like, they took a stereotype yeah. from each person of a of w- that would be in a school, each group of person, Absolutely. and put them in one friendship group. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, there's the nerd, there's, like, the... Oh, I don't know, it was just... Yeah. Yeah, like the nerdy girl, the one who's obsessed with being popular. Um, then hmm. the minority kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and if yeah. they're not if they're not hitting on her, they're like, you know, just venting their problems at her. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no wonder she like- wants to hang out with the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, there was a uh, the the Doctor Cullen. Uh, right, the, the kind of dad. Yeah, he was probably my favorite character because he he seemed like the most fucking normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? I felt like some sort of stability with him, where I was like, he seems the most tuned into all of this bullshit. Even he's weird. And he's just cool with it. So yeah, even he's weird because he's like this doctor, and he just looks like a zombie. He looks like a vampire. It's like okay, yeah. no one's no one's sus of you again. It's Twilight. It was so well received, wasn't it? Like, um, they had to then make all of them because it made well, it so well. much money. It did well. I mean, and this, this is like the this easiest is my... decision for the studio to make. Yes, and this is my thing: is like, look, this was pop. This was a pop cultural phenomenon. Like, this this hit the nail on the head with its demographic. They fucking turned up for this shit. They bought the shit. It's why it's here. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. I'm not a Star Wars fan, particularly, but I understand mm. it does, it just does it for people. And it just does it for people, <laughs> you know? Um, you have to I think, kind of respect that. I think uh, someone, I spoke to my mate about it, and she said that I think for a lot of people, it's the nostalgia that is the reason that they like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a big fuck to do. Yeah, like I didn't really consider it, obviously, because I don't have any fucking nostalgia with this film. Um, but it's completely, it's completely right. Yeah, and, this is um, the most two thousand eight movie I've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, it just reminds me of like my sister's dance mat and TVs that were like ridiculously heavy and you know, yeah, <laughs> covered in uh, silver plastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like the baseball scene, you know, like super massive black hole cranks on. And I'm like, oh, oh yes, it's 2008. Epic. epic. <laughs> and also, obviously, they, they put Radiohead in this film, so it's like an instant 10 out of 10. Yeah, that really surprised me. I don't make the rules. That was a weird... I don't make the rules. That was a weird... All the other, all the other, song, all the other songs for the soundtrack, I was like, okay, yeah, you got a bit of Paramore in there. I guess, like, Muse was big at the time. And then it ends with 15 Step from, Radi- from Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, 15 Step? Which is like, which is like more of an intro than an outro, anyway. It's just it you know was a mean? very out of place choice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I feel that 
yeah it's just the worst mm. I think a lot of people said like it's got such a great sound does it we have we have that obviously 15 step and then also Claire de Lune splattered yeah. within it <laughs> yeah like oh banging it's that it's throwback in it again it's that it's, it's an interesting time capsule of culture at a time you know um, oh, it definitely is yeah I'll give you that I'll give you that and um, I do kind of feel bad for them as well because it seems that um, um, it wasn't very well directed by the by the by well evidently um, and I, fe- I just felt like there was like a, a, a very there wasn't much like kind of uh, artistry that went into doing this it was very specific for a certain audience and I don't know whether sure. it was trying to to you know be written for an older audience or not you know whether it was just specifically trying to be a I think it hits an uh, on the head young. with like the the, the the YA demographic that it's going for it's interesting with yeah. like the crew on this as well because like written by a woman directed by a woman female the lead is a woman um and then for the sequel the whole sequels are directed by men <laughs> amazing it's like okay interesting but, but even, even this it doesn't scream women empowerment it's just no not really because she's constantly girl that, constantly in danger and having to rely on him to save her yeah it's a bit and also makes the dumbest decisions that make no sense like he's constantly like mate I, w- I want to eat you and she's like yeah go on then yeah, but again, it's what I mean, man. It's it's tapping into that love. It's, love it's not even love. It's sort it's, it out. It's pure horniness. It's a horny. It's a horny piece. You know, it's purely about. It was like, uncomfortably so. <laughs> you're gonna. It eat, felt too much. You so want to for eat its me, audience. winky face. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, and I don't know. Like yeah. again, I do think, especially as we get into the uh, the series, the deeper in the series. Um, even her character well, becomes more. You connoisseur. <laughs> I ha- I've seen all of them. Um, no fucking way. Yeah, I've seen all of them. Um, when did this happen? My mum. <laughs> They're always on telly Fair. as well. So yeah, I've, that's I've, the I've thing gone. as well. They're so easy to consume. I guess you're right. I know they're I mean, watchable. Watched, they are watchable. I accidentally watched the, the obviously the sequel. Right. Um, just because it was on telly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, like even deeper, the deeper we get into it, like even she's kind of weird and toxic, and the whole relationship, it, relationship stuff is weird, and you know, part of me wants to decode that and go like, what's going on here? What lessons are we teaching young kids? <laughs> and there's a lot to reckon, and especially in the demographic that they're kind of nailing on in terms of like what they're teaching them about relationships and power dynamics and relationships and stuff but um i also realized that it's 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 just fun it's fun and games and isn't he cute and isn't it cute when and isn't it hot when they make out and when his shirt is off and you know that's fine you know like (laughs) how many how many boy how many like boy orientated pieces of media have we seen where it's just about like I don't know, like manic, like manic pixie dream girls and stuff and all that shit. Like, you know, that's, I'm sure that's rotted my brain out, but you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to watch there's some, that. There's some brain cells uh, that, that definitely went yeah. uh, watching this that will never come back, but at least they've been used on a, a you know, valuable cause. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's really all I have to say about it. Um, I think it's a sometimes poorly directed, terribly performed, confusing, kind of ugly looking movie. Um, but I do think conceptually there's actually something there to explore. Um, but it's also it's also like primed for its target or target audience and um someone who's into marketing and stuff i respect that i respect that they just do you know what (laughs) that is do you know that is absolutely fair yeah that's that is absolutely fair and i kind of respect that as well um it's a it's just a it's it's a hard sell um to i guess us given that it's not directed towards us. However, if you were like, Adam, we're going to watch all of them whilst like, over a bottle of wine um, or five bottles of wine, I would say, do you know what? That sounds like a good night in. Yeah, they do get dumb. They get really dumb. They get really I really imagine dumb. they would. They get so I imagine dumb. they would. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit with a baby. It's very, yeah. Maybe we'll get there one day. Um, I'm going to give this one a... I'm going to give it two, two and a half out of five. I think it's perfectly fine when I think of the sum of its parts. You know, it's not the most offensive thing in the world. I think a lot of the cultural conversation at the time was quite negative in like a non-constructive way. Um, That's it's fair. obviously not a, it's obviously not an excellent piece of media or entertainment or cinema, no. um, but you know, considering it's kind of pulpy romance for young YA audiences, um, mm. ding ding ding, <laughs> you know, I'd rather watch this than like I don't know, Ka-ching. Maze Runner, some shit like that, you know, um, mm. like dystopian shit. Uh, so, sure, at least this knows what it is. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah, it's hard to say. But I mean, I I did have fun with it. I will admit, you know. Mm. But it's it's just so, like an un, un like for me, it just felt like an unnecessary kind of story. Like there was, there's nothing that pulled this along for me. Oh, it falls it falls um, off like after the within the first the ten first, minutes. Well, I, I I'd give it the first hour. I think after once we. Once you get to the uh, baseball scene, you can turn it off because um, it's just kind of downhill from Actually, there. Actually, yeah, you you can, yeah, because nothing really else happens after that. You know, there's there's a story about there's some revelation. Story about you know, oh, these vampires want to eat you or no? But you know, oh no, well, guess what? I'm just gonna eat you anyway. Yeah, it's that's not but the I most don't. compelling part about these things. I, I find the more compelling stuff the just the very funny um, <laughs> drama between CGI. them and. Yeah, and all the kind of all that stuff, and the awkwardness of the performances. <laughs> they were I was really also told um, them that you know just to be just I to look don't... like they want to rip each other's faces off. <laughs> but I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, what on earth was said on set for her to think, or for them to take take the shot and go, it's perfect. Let's move on. <laughs> we got That's it. That's fantastic. You surely, yeah. <laughs> wrap it up. Um, you would think that. Um, it was also like there was like it just felt like there was no kind of artistry 
that was kind of like put into it. It felt so. It felt almost like a fan movie, like like something that like some film students would make. But it kind of slipped accidentally into into uh, Hollywood. Like there's loads of goose. There's a there's one specifically where you can see like boom poles everywhere and stuff like that. Um, you can and like like just the the worst types of um especially the I thought you were going to bring this up the baseball scene there's like a ridiculous amount of continuity error that's just like Is kind it? of hidden yeah like people starting running and then not running and then being in different places and um, it all supposed to be kind of linear and it, I'll be honest man like you know, <laughs> once it gets to that part I'm not like <laughs> Continuity is is just it's the last awful thing I'm thinking about. Film. There is a lot of um, it's like the middle of the day, and then they then it cuts to them going somewhere, and it's like pitch black. <laughs> There's a lot of that going on. Yeah, um, yeah. What would you rate Twilight, Adam? I wonder. <laughs> um. Uh. Probably a one star. Oh, really? <laughs> Could you, yeah. There's just I just got nothing out of it, man. No, it's I fair. do appreciate that that like it was made for its time and like yeah. for a certain audience, but like yeah, no, it's, like, it's horribly excusable in it. It's horribly, it's, it's horribly like, dated. It's just horribly, yeah, horribly dated and horribly boring to watch and yeah. I I'm feel being, bad for everyone yeah, involved. I'm being extremely generous with my two and a half. <laughs> it would probably be more two, of a two. two uh, I thought you were going to go to two. I thought you were two and a half. Is like <laughs> we need to have we need to have some words. But I, under, I understand uh, that it's got I'm that joking. it's got that nostalgic thing with people and people who do love it. They have an understanding of you, we know this is trash, you know. <laughs> but here we are. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> I kind of respect that at yeah, the same absolutely. time. You know, it's yeah. 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 Um Yeah. Alright, cool. Well there we go. That was it. Twilight and the thing. <laughs> was that spooky folks? Wasn't didn't you have a good spooky old time? I'm scared. I'm, I'm scared mostly <laughs> I'm more scared about your ratings <laughs> than the films. <sighs> I am spooked. Nah, it's all good. Um so Next double feature, we're gonna have some guests on. All being well, um, I wonder who it will be. I guess you'll find out. What films are we doing again? Let me check. Excellent. Well, so yeah, so we're not we. Probably they're going to be spooky. It's going to be spooky. We've predetermined them, so it's not going to be us last minute. No secret this time round. Yeah, (laughs) us last minute being like, oh fuck, what do I choose? Um. We are going to do the Blair Witch Project um, <gasps> from two thousand something, and scary Nightmare on Elm Street from nineteen seventy something, maybe or eighties. I can't remember. Like who cares? Mm. The first one, the first a Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and we're going to be joined by some special guests. So tune in for that one. Um, and the next <laughs> episode is going to hopefully be with a guest as well. We're going to talk about recent horror release Malignant by James Wan so that's still out in cinemas should be by the time this goes out go and watch that come back and listen to our thoughts and there'll be more spooky horror newbie spooky stuff to come 
Um, Actually, will I think I will go catch that in cinema because you've already raved about it and I just haven't had the time. That's oh, great. It's really good. <laughs> I'll catch you guys when I'm there. All right, awesome. Um, as always, if you enjoy the show and you want to hear more, keep up to date. Follow us at Final Draft Show at Twitter and Final Draft Pod at Instagram. On Facebook mm-hmm. at the Final Draft Podcast. You can email us at finaldraftpodcast at gmail.com. Um, keep up to date with the show there'll be a link to the discord on there join the discord get spoilers with James Bond um, and if you really want to support the show you can leave a five star review on wherever you listen to this and go to patreon.com slash final draft five pound a month gets you access to a bonus episode every month once a month just for you and no one else um, beautiful it's great we just did one uh, we talk about anything and everything mm. we'll probably do some horror stuff for this month this the end of this month so definitely send in send in some suggestions maybe in the old DC more spooky stuff guys how could you how could you say no just say no um yeah um is there anything else to plug I don't know I'm too tired um <laughs> follow Adam on Twitch uh Follow him on his photography Instagram. Uh, follow me in public. Do a do an Edward Cullen and follow me around. Watch me in my sleep. And if you want to, of course. I mean, I would like that. Why wouldn't you? I mean, that's a very nice invitation. Thank you very much, mate. <laughs> I'm asleep and lightning <laughs> lightning crashes, and I see the silhouette of Wendy the wifey looking <laughs> looking through yeah. the window. <laughs> <laughs> Join the Discord as well. You'll get that. You'll get that joke. Join the. Oh, no longer Wendy. Now the Mothman. The Mothman. What's going on with the Mothman? <laughs> I don't know. There's very dedicated fans out there, folks. I don't think the Mothman yeah. listens to the show. <laughs> I would hope so. I think, yeah, There's a lot of interaction going on there. Just it's there a very spooky the scenario. We love the Mothman, don't we, folks? We do. Um, take care. Enjoy the. Spooky season. Um, yeah, and go watch some horror films. What's that behind you? Oh no! Nice, I think we, we got him there. Well done, uh, I got you, I bet you turned around. Great, you it. fucking idiot. Alright, bye. <laughs> Let's end it. Lesson. Bye. bye.